Hello and welcome to the next episode of After the Pulpit. The title for today's episode is What is Love? I'm Ian Hawkridge coming to you from Cape Town in South Africa. This podcast is an attempt to answer a question that I was asked some time ago. What is love? The answer cannot be comprehensive or we would be here all day. But hopefully I can share some thoughts on the question. I would like to begin by reading some of the words of Jesus from John 15, 9-12. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. That comes from the New International Version. There is an old song, which was the theme for a movie, entitled, Love is a Many Splendid Thing. And although it doesn't give the answer to the question, it highlights some of the difficulties we encounter the moment we begin to talk about love. In many ways, English is an impoverished language when it comes to descriptive words. We only have one word for love. But in many languages, you will find many different words, each describing a different aspect or type of love. I am no linguist, but it seems there are at least nine Hebrew words for love and at least four or possibly five Greek words. So what is love really? Is it a feeling or an emotional response? Is it merely an animal response to another human being? Poets and singers have waxed lyrical about love since the beginning of humanity. Philosophers have tried to explain it, and yet to a large extent it remains a mystery. Today there are even scientists trying to figure out if there's a chemical basis for love. I want it to remain a mystery. So as a starting point, I want to take the words of the Apostle John, who says in his first letter, God is love, in 1 John chapter 4, 16b. The word most often used in the New Testament to describe God's love is the word agape. And this is exactly the word that John uses in his statement. He's not the first to use it. For Jesus, Paul, Peter, and several others have already used it. What is important is that the word is used to describe a particular type of love, that which gives entirely of itself without counting the cost. This is the type of love that Jesus spoke of and taught about, and also demonstrated 
when he chose to die on behalf of those who rejected him. There are many other kinds of love. The love we have for a friend. The love we have for parents or siblings. The love we have for our country or community. The love we have for that special person in our lives. In English, these all use the same single word. We even talk about love in connection with food that we especially like, or a place that we are attached to. What is important, though, is that each of these is a derivative love, which depends for its integrity upon God's love for us. Henry Nouwen, the Dutch priest, teaches us that it is impossible to love one another until we know that we are fully loved by God. Much of the discussion in today's world about love is about self-love, the ability to love oneself, which is expressed as self-acceptance or accepting every part of who we are. Too often we try to hide the negative aspects of our personality even from ourselves. But once we are able to embrace all of what we are, it becomes easier to love. This depends, though, on our ability to grasp that God loves you unconditionally as you are and not as you should be, because nobody is as they should be. That's a quote from Brennan Manning. With this as a basis, love then becomes more than just a feeling. At its best, love is in fact an act of the will, a decision to seek what is best for another person. This is why Jesus is able to tell us to love our enemy and do good to those who persecute us. This kind of love may not even produce any feelings or results, except to know that we are loving as God loves, indiscriminately. If this is love in its highest form, and all our other loves are derived from it, then many of the things that pass for love in our modern world become null and void. Lust can never be love since the object of lust will always be used and often abused. This applies to material things as much as it does to other human beings. Truly loving will always give special value to the object of love, even if it is a person who seems to have no value in society. The essence of the gospel is to be able to say to someone, God loves you without reserve, and because of that, I will love you with the love God gives me. Since we are social beings, we will always have a need to relate to others. Since it is God who has made us like this, it is fitting that God's nature of love becomes the means by which we relate. Yet we are free to choose whether the love we give and receive fits with the nature of God, or is it simply an expression of our own desire? 
The song I want to share with you this morning is one that I wrote for my parents way back in 1995. I subsequently sang it at each of my parents' funerals, and the last verse was added for those specific occasions. It's simply called filios, which in Latin means a child, and is often used to describe the love that a child has for his or her parents. I hope you enjoy it. for listening and may God bless you in the coming week. Goodbye.